What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on Stitcher, on iTunes, and everywhere else where you can reach us. Thank you guys for sharing us on Twitter, on Facebook, on other sites. It is appreciated. On this episode, we're going to be discussing Celebration Day 4 of 2018 and a Celebration Wrap-Up. Some changes we'd like to see. We also want you to chime in for our next episode. So here we are, day four of the celebration at Paisley Park 2018. Um, this celebration wasn't exactly uh, all hunky-dory, especially with the announcement. We all know that. We're just trying to make the best of it. Today's panel that we got as a VIP first was of F Deluxe, the family. We have Paul Peterson, Susanna Melvoin, Jellybean, and Eric Leeds. On this one, uh, got quite interesting. They all shared the stories of how they met Prince. We've had Paul on before, so you guys know that. Susanna, of course, through Wendy and sharing um the cat story that we talked about before where they would just let the cats harass Prince while he was trying to sleep. And Jelly Bean being part of the families of flight time and other things. And Eric Leeds didn't really explain himself, was just kind of making fun of things. But he was brought on um, during the Purple Rain era due to his brother Alan Leeds being the tour manager for Prince at the time and working on the Purple Rain tour. Interesting thing that happened through all this was Susanna talking and talking about Eric being on one of Wendy and Lisa's songs. And Eric said, uh, I played it live. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you should know your sister's music. I think it was on a remix as well. It wasn't on the album version. But that didn't sit well with Susanna. It got a little playful. But it also went in another direction as well. Um, Susanna was like, excuse me, Mr. Rude Guy. And it just got to the sense of where she said, I'm going to kick your ass tonight. And Eric's response was, sounds good to me. It's been a while since I had some action. And Susanna didn't like that response so since she said, no, I'm really going to kick your ass. I'm going to I'm going to make you hurt. And he's all like, if the hurting feels good. So be it. It was just so awkward. It was like a, a couple kind of play fighting in public. And then this was dropped on us. Susanna said me and Eric used to date. <clears throat> hmm. Well, they had to be after her and Prince. Right? That wasn't happening because Eric was brought on during Purple Rain or other stuff going on. So that was a little tidbit of information. To see that kind of awkwardness was interesting to say the least. So I enjoyed it. <laughs> I hope that doesn't make me a bad person. Uh, then you had the next panel. 
this may have been first or whatnot, uh, Andrea Swenson interviewing Bobby Z, Gail Chapman, Des Dickerson, and someone else who's screaming right now, Matt Fink, <laughs> and on the Doctor Scrubs as well. So they shared stories, shared a uh, Gail singing um, If I Love You Tonight and him wanting, Prince wanting Gail more emotion from it to her to cry and really wasn't doing it. And then uh, she saw a couple full moons out <laughs> uh, where uh, they neither could confirm nor deny it was uh, Matt Fink's and Bobby's and Dez's uh, booties in the window while she was recording to get her through the recording process. There's always stories that um, are shared that are interesting, especially with Bobby and Matt. Des has more, it's more around the American bandstand and <clears throat> stuff like that because he was around from 79 through 83, you know. Um, still, it, it was just interesting to see that stuff. And it was just called, um, you know, Prince the Early Years, Minneapolis. So that was an interesting tidbit. Somewhat playful as well. Not as playful as Susanna and Eric, mind you, but playful nonetheless. Then um, we were told that we were going to see uh, the Montreux Jazz Festival as a concert clips. And an audience was kind of like... We own that. We have that because that's a, a bootleg that's been out. Pro shot quality is quite amazing. Wally made the announcement. And I'm like, it can't be that. And it wasn't. It was the Montreal Jazz Festival. And not of 2013. I believe this was um, 2015. His hair looked like it needed a little bit of trim on the fro. But... The footage was amazing. It was pro shot. You can tell that it was raw footage. Just incredible to see Prince with that much energy and to get concert footage that wasn't exactly um, sad like piano and microphone, especially during that time, as amazing it is to watch. Um, you had him kick it off. With some Third Eye Girls songs. They did funk and roll. You know, they took it over. Did Plectrum Electrum. They uh, just absolutely killed it, in my opinion. Did Let's Go Crazy with She's Always in My Hair. Let's Go Crazy Reloaded. Just fun. The 50 minutes went by way too quick. Like, see, we have panels that go over. We have performances that go over. But because the concert film, they can kind of turn on and turn off. It never goes over. And it's just kind of frustrating when it ends, especially when it's such great footage like that. And it was really uplifting to see. Then it was time for lunch. But if you had a GA ticket, and see, this is what I'm, I'm going to get into about discrepancies of stuff. If you had a GA ticket, GA earlier in the day got you my tay. Now we're VIP. So we never got my tay on the first day. 
or Maite on the last day. But GA for the track that we were on got the MPG dancers, Tony M, Damon D, and KAJ, Kirk Johnson. Now, uh, Wally was leading the panel. And just like with Geneva and Maya earlier in the week on day two, he turned to the audience for questions. And they did put out the warning to keep it strictly professional, to keep it to the dancing aspect of everything, especially with what's going on with Kirk. Let's address the elephant in the room here. Even with that warning, it probably wasn't the smartest thing to turn it over to the audience. There was some good audience questions. Not slamming that. Just all you need is one person to just make everyone feel awkward or ask a question that no one, that they didn't want asked, you know, and Kirk was put in that position. There is a lot that can be uh, discussed when it comes to things and keeping on the dancing, and that's what they did. I was just worried <laughs> with each time another person came up to ask a question if they were going to be so bold and go there, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, I was fortunate enough to get into that room, even though I wasn't GA. Um, it was interesting think there's stories that need to be shared. Tony M talked about how he liked going hand gliding and then they're over in uh, Switzerland and he's just thinking that he's never really going to get the chance to do that again. And Prince and the crew were like, no, nah, you can't do it. Then someone like called him up without Prince knowing like, Hey man, I got you. You want to do it? And Tony was like, yeah, man. And then Tony did it and <laughs> he had a really good time. He enjoyed the view. He said it was amazing. And then he gets a call from Prince a few hours later. Like, yo, man, Tony, Prince wants to, wants to see you. And he's like, uh, okay. Then <clears throat> Prince is like, did you have fun? He's like, we mean die fun. Like, did you have fun knowing what he did? And then Tony was like, yeah, I did have fun. And then Prince goes, was it $500 fun? <laughs> and then Tony didn't want to say no, it wasn't. Say, so yeah, he, yeah, it was. So basically, Tony's letting us know that he got docked $500 for hand gliding in Switzerland. Man, that's not something I would do. I'm sure the view is amazing, but nah, man. Uh-uh. Jay don't play that. But Tony, good for you, man. And I'm sure there's just so many more stories I would have loved to ask about because they talked about the Call of the Law video and a few other things. And then the get-off performance, them not really knowing that he was going to wear those pants. And he just uh, wore a jacket covering it up, a long trench coat, took it off, and they did the prayer. And then while walking by, then they saw the part that was missing in the back. And, of course, they're like, check out Damon's face. Maybe one of you guys can make a gif of that and send to me on Twitter or whatnot. Check out Damon's face after Prince goes down after that scream because Damon has to be the first one on top of it. And he's trying not to go all the way down 
and just see the look on his face when he's going down and then Prince comes back up. Oh, boy. I remember uh, Tony on a San Diego radio station talking about that incident as well after it happened. And that was just hilarious. It's just he caught everyone off guard by it. And it's just because MTV was constantly in rehearsals, even though they had closed rehearsals and Arsenio had a hard time getting in there. One time during rehearsals, Arsenio wanted to get in and the MTV people weren't letting him in. He was pissed. Arsenio kind of joked around like he's like, I wasn't going to host a show that year if they weren't going to let me into that rehearsal. You know, Arsenio being a, a big Prince fan his entire life. And even when Arsenio uh, <clears throat> introduced Prince for that performance, he was like, this is it. This is the one. This is the reason why I took the gig again. To let you know. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of musical acts that we dig. Um, but none where I'd want to stick around for a three-hour show to host, to just see that one performance, you know? So I give it up to Arsenio for that. Then we closed out everything, closed out Celebration Week with F Deluxe performing. You had Eric offstage at the time, another player on guitar for when I'm on drums, Jellybean on bass, Paul next to him, Susanna in the middle. And uh, they kicked it off. They did some family songs. Then they did some F Deluxe songs, and the crowd would sit down. Look, they're amazing musicians. I don't think people are familiar with their F Deluxe stuff as much as the family, even though we promoted it. Uh, put it on the website. We tweeted out. They sent us some exclusive stuff for SoundCloud. So we know it. But some of the crowd didn't. And then you can kind of see where Prince was coming from with the name change battle. Even though it comes off as a power play. That I'm not in the band. You're taking out the most important member. He would make the music. They were coming back together, but not using him as the producer or the songwriter or the creator. So it's going to have a different sound. And the family songs and the F Deluxe songs are different. There's just a different thing to it. And as someone who's been to a lot of Sheila E shows over the course of his life, um, she would maybe do the two Prince songs um, that she's known for, The Glamorous Life and A Love Bazaar. I've seen her cover Lost in You by Chris Gaines, a.k.a. Garth Brooks, Senior cover Sting with Desert Rose. Majority would be her material from her albums. She knew where she was performing. She knows where her bread is buttered right now. So Sheila performs the Prince songs. It may have been better for After Lux. I'm not their manager. No, Richards, you're a good guy. We've spoken a lot may have been better to maybe play some of the extended versions of the song or just take it there with screams of passion, kind of have more of a crowd interaction going on. Loved Desire, loved River Runs Dry, loved Nothing Compares to You, as much as it's heart-wrenching to hear now. Um, I really, really appreciated the family songs. And as someone who was at the 2003 Family Jam at the Forum. 
and how much love you guys got. And it was an all family set. You guys were the highlight of the show. I would have kept to that. And I know that you're trying to promote the new music and all this other stuff going on. But there were times when I felt that you lost the crowd. But if you're okay with that, to maybe expose a couple of people to the new songs, by all means, go ahead and do it. This is just my opinion on it. And we left Paisley. Track two, as I said before in the other podcast, was extremely crowded. Track one, not as much. You had a little bit more room to move around. Now, let's get to things. The celebration. Just by seeing by a lot of people's comments, it seems like as much as this one was more well organized and props to the staff for that. I think the movie night Prince on the big screen and the Timberwolves game kind of messed stuff up. It was kind of hard to recover from because some panelists couldn't be available that time or didn't get the message. Um, so that played into it. It seems that the celebration last year was more, healing for people more inclusive i know this year the celebration tried to have people group together that may have had something to do with it because a lot of people felt that it was very clicky people were a certain way maybe last year because we were somewhat forced to be who were with unless it was with um a spouse or a partner or, or children. Um, maybe that was the sense of togetherness is that you had to meet these people, hang out with them, and meet someone new. I'll tell you one of the highlights for me was meeting someone I never met before and his daughter, who he named Anastasia, who I talked about on, um, on the first episode of the Celebration Recap. I love seeing people like Zaheer talking with Troy, talking with Eric Rogers, different people. But at the same time, I loved meeting people from all over the world, just like the person I met from Australia when I was flying in from Los Angeles to Minneapolis. Those things I appreciated. I love seeing people from different countries, different aspects. And I really hope that these people didn't feel alone because they may have come alone. And then when you're in a group where there's so many people that are together in that group, that person can feel really left out. And um, speaking of which, I'm going to go on a little story here. January 21st, 2016, we went to a different Perkins after seeing Prince at the piano microphone show at Paisley Park. That Perkins was still kind of crowded and it took forever to get our food because they weren't prepared for all these people coming from out of town for Prince. And we had our group and there was groups there. I saw this young lady by herself and I was just wondering if she came for the Prince shows or she's just someone in Minnesota, people can eat by themselves all the time. I just felt 
maybe that if she went to these shows, it's just kind of interesting that she's by herself. And I went to sit down with her. Her name was Sarah. She was from Oregon. She actually did go to the piano and microphone shows by herself. She saw Prince for the first time in 1984 on the Purple Rain Tour and a few times after that. And she's really been wanting to go to Paisley to see Prince or go to Paisley, period, if you want to talk about the celebration now. She wanted to go to Paisley, and there was always no one who wanted to go with her or whatnot. So she just decided to go. It's something that she never really did before. She decided to go. She felt like she needed to be there. She's a really cool person. Talked with her for a little bit. Had a little bit of a hard time in her life. We don't really need to get into that full-on discussion. But I'm sure that she's glad that she went by herself, not knowing anybody, and got to see him what was his last performance at Paisley Park. And that's kind of awesome. It's awesome in the sense that you got to see his last performance, not that it was his last performance at Paisley, and we wish that was years down the road. You may be having people at the celebration that are by themselves and hoping I'm sure she wasn't hoping for someone to go and talk with her, but to make them feel included. Sure, she didn't mind. Um, First Avenue, the night before, we're hung with Eric Rogers for a little bit and Mike from something else, which we'll get into later on in a podcast. Um, We were leaving, and there was Sarah, this girl. That was at the piano microphone show at Paisley that I talked to at the restaurant. And she wanted to thank me for talking with her that night and has been listening to the podcast and how it's helped her with some things. And I never thought I was going to see this woman again. I'm grateful for it. I'm thankful for it. And see... This is what we got to do. I know it's cool all being in our groups. But you got to understand that a lot of people feel left out. You're talking about Purple Fam, right? This person could be a lost cousin. We're talking about Purple Fam. We're all together for the same reason. So let's try. Maybe next year we aren't all assigned to groups or whatnot. And we got to meet someone else who may be a Sarah, who may be little Jimmy or whatnot. Try to let them feel included, not be so clicky. This is about Prince, right? You guys aren't trying to be like little celebrities off of things or whatnot. I know someone just flipped off whatever they're listening to on the stereo where my voice is coming out of or listening on their headphones. But this is all about Prince, right? This is what we do things for, not for our own agendas, not for trying to make ourselves something. And you can talk about me all you want. I was doing stuff like this for 20 years when Prince is around and he chose me. I know that pissed off a lot of people. I don't know why he chose me. I'm grateful. The message is love for another. So let's try to be together for everyone. So if it means we're not assigned to groups or whatnot, this is something that Paisley worked out, but a lot of people felt left out. Uh, Another thing I'd like to see is that I feel VIP 
for the people that paid the extra money this year, unless you're getting there early to get the first few rows to see the concerts and see the panels, it just wasn't worth it. Um, you got one print from Steve Park instead of a poster of each musical guest that performed. You did get the food pass, which is cool. But there needs to be a little bit more for VIP to have that $500 difference. Um, I I don't understand. I haven't had a chance to ask yet. But, <clears throat> you know, it seems that the Nothing Compares to You to be released on the first day of the celebration was planned. And then for Electric Fetus to get copies and be able to start selling the 7-inch uh, purple special edition vinyl. I don't know if Warner's was being stingy, but I think for the VIPs that there should have been, that should have been included with your VIP package was that that was a special surprise. You get the seven inch vinyl, although as a $25 value, you get that free and um, maybe the Purple Rain Deluxe. I'm sure they're sitting on quite a few copies at Warner headquarters. Another thing I love to see is what I got at um, the Purple Rain Deluxe release party was this oversized program of the booklet, which is absolutely amazing. The photos in it are just more vibrant, and I felt that would help. Is maybe a certain thing like this worked with Warner Brothers for the VIP, and then for GA or whatnot that it's sold at the gift shop but not elsewhere, not available online, and only for the celebration. So then they have a chance to purchase this as well, but the VIP gets it for free in their thing. I'm sure some, some VIPs would also be like, no, we kind of want some stuff that's just for us to make it for that price difference. Because um, I just have a feeling next year, you're going to be having a lot more GA sales than VIP because the difference in what you got wasn't enough to justify the cost. Another thing I like to see, speaking of the merch, they got to find something. I know that uh, Chanhassen, they weren't allowing them to be set up in the tent and they weren't set up in the tent uh, last year, but before October of 2017, they were able to have a tent that had all the merch in it. It's got to be moved somewhere else. This is something that if you had it in a month that wasn't... April, you could have a merch booth outside and a merch area outside that could be bigger and maybe have more than three registers helping people because um, I heard about an incident where someone was just going off on a Paisley employee because they're supposed to shut off, shut up, shut down before the concerts end. And then people want to buy stuff after the concerts and they got to get going. These people are working at Paisley all day. They've been on track one and track two. So maybe have it move somewhere else, more registers, more help. So it doesn't cause this where the employees are being screened at for something that they're being told to do. Um, I know it's easy for me to come up with, suggestions and there may be certain logistics of why it cannot work and it has to be there that area is just too small with how many people you have there it may have worked uh for paisley park after darks 
during a regular tour, but during a celebration, it's just too much. And you, you guys want to maximize sales. You want people to be able to purchase everything. I think they thought they had the right solution with having merch available at the hotel where they're giving out the passes. But a lot of people that weren't staying at that hotel just wanted to grab their passes and then left and never came back unless they were staying at the hotel. So those are suggestions. I'm sure there's more that I have in my mind but can't think of right now. The main one, again, is what we discussed last one, is when will the celebration be next year? Will it be on April 21st on Easter Sunday? Will it be moved a little earlier in April where for the first time in a long time there was, you know, a blizzard? cold weather, other stuff going on, will be moved to the following weekend in April where it's still going to be a little cold or do you have it in June where you know the weather will be better and you can be able to have stuff like a merch booth outside in the air without having to worry about cold weather ruining stuff or other things. If it isn't on April 21st, does it matter if it's the next weekend? Does it matter if it's in June? Especially when we know what his wishes were. The other celebrations that he had 16, 17 years ago where people have to point out were in June. And that he was planning on having celebrations again. And they were going to be in June. Or do we have it on the anniversary of his passing where it seems like a lot of bad stuff happens around that date? I don't think we're getting a Carver County announcement again, but man, that sucked and put such a damper on the celebration of life. And it was just hard. I know that people want To be with their purple family on that date. I get it. It's hard for me. You know. I go there because that's the date it's on. Now. You can do all the polls you want. Should the celebration be in June? Should the celebration be in April? Gotta have other things in it. um, That may be voting. Like. I've never attended a celebration before. But if it was in June I would. I never attended a celebration before because it's in April. I've never attended a celebration before and do not plan to. So people that may vote or may do other things, um, their voices are heard without people that having been to a celebration, at least the new one since 2017, to have an input on it. Because if they're voting and they're not able to go, that kind of ruins it. And I've seen the June, the people that want it in June, there's more of them. The people that want to keep it in April, they're louder. So they're probably going to be heard more. You know, whether it's someone graduating in June or dance recital or other stuff. Again, I thought we were trying to do what Prince wanted. Not what works within what is best for us. Obviously, June would work out better for me of my personal feelings. 
but am I still there in April? Yeah. I'm just trying to do what Prince wanted. And that's what we have to do is put stuff aside. I know that we have our family and other stuff going on that they may have a recital. They may have a graduation, but again, you have a high Holy holiday, like Easter Sunday that people would not be able to go to like they'd want to go, but their mom would be upset or their daughter would be upset. And again, like I said before, you're going to have a harder time getting panelists. You're going to be having a harder time getting performers. And they may be asking for more money to have an appearance or not being able to appear at all. You want your money's worth for what's put in. Now, say if Paisley had like a vigil, candlelight vigil, that weekend instead, and the celebration was in June, would that be okay that you guys are be, are able to be at Paisley? Um, and keep in mind as well that people that work at Paisley, they may have family and it'd be Easter Sunday for them as well. Prince didn't celebrate holidays, but he knew that his band did. He knew that his employees did. So they would get a break. Just certain things to think about. And I'm sorry if I'm ruffling feathers but we got to do what he would want, not what we would want. And we can make every excuse we want. I mean, they're going to ultimately decide of when it's going to be. And then we'll go from that. We want this to be successful, right? Another thing that I would recommend is possibly the revolution making a return next year. Maybe finding a way for the entire time to perform this time with Jimmy and Terry. You know, I felt it was kind of a lost opportunity to not have Madhouse perform. When you had Sheila there, you had Eric there. And uh, if you could have got Levi to give up his cover band gig like he wanted Dr. Fink, could have maybe had like a little Madhouse jam going on. They could add Tony, Damon, and Kirk dance a little bit to uh, some of the Madhouse songs as well. Another suggestion is because, like I said, we never got to see Maite. I mean, I got to see Maite just out of, out of something else, but it wasn't on a panel. It wasn't on what should have been included. GA got that, VIPs didn't. Um, people were having events outside of celebration. Sheila was the one on local news that was being promoted that the celebration of Paisley is happening. Tickets are $500 to $1,049. Sheila E. is headlining. Then she goes on a morning show on Fox 9 and says that she's doing a concert Saturday night while people are on, that are on track one would be at Paisley. There may be something that they should do where they either ask the performers or the panelists to not do anything outside of Paisley. And the reason that I say that is to make the celebration more special and that people that are paying their $500 to $1,049 are getting something that people can't get for 50 bucks more elsewhere. Make it exclusive, which may upset them and there may be looking for ways to cash in at other performances or maybe have it be at after 11 p.m. at night like some of Liv Warfield shows were at the Dakota 
So it doesn't interfere with the celebration. And it just feels more like, well, track two or track two people are taken care of. And that's what the audience were going for instead of alienating half an audience. Just to make things a little bit more exclusive. So again, they feel like they're getting their money's worth. And that VIPs aren't getting something that general mission people are that they would want. You know, I don't know if in the future with the timelines, if VIP, if general mission should be on track one and then you have just all of track two be VIPs and that their track is a little bit longer. So they get more because right now it just seems unbalanced and that is no disrespect to anyone that's working at Paisley or the hard work that they put into this at all. It's just suggestions on how to make it better. Just as what Joel said, for every time you mail in one complaint, you got to come up with two things that you like. And there's a lot of things I like at this celebration. I just want it to be better. That's not a fault. There's stuff when Prince was around that could have been better as well. You know, and those suggestions were heard, whether it was a dollar for water instead of two dollars, whatever. Those are just certain things that need to be done. And there's always room for improvement. And I just feel that if Warner's is going to make a release next year, have the estate, have Paisley, have Warner's on the same page to make it more special for the celebration attendees. That's all. And I hope that you'd agree with it. Um, Whatever they decide, I'll be behind. You guys know where I stand. And it's just like when arguing with Prince for the music club where they were supposed to get the better seats in 2002 during the One Night Alone tour and Ticketmaster wasn't giving the fans the best seats and creating more work for Sam Jennings and other people. I offer to help out. So I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. If it's hard to do something on a certain date that I want, I'm willing to help out. Willing to try to make things better. And no one really needs to know that. I just want to help. This isn't about ego. This isn't about getting attention. It's trying to do the best for Prince and make Paisley Park the best it can be. Another thing that I'd love to see, lastly... During the first celebration, the Lynn drum machine was out for celebration attendees to test, to play with. It was in the soundstage area. Obviously, it couldn't be there now. I don't know if there's another Lynn drum that he used or one can be brought in. But I think that would be really, really cool. Um, aside from holding the Oscar, aside from holding a, a guitar, is to kind of mess around with the beats of the Lynn drum machine and what it can create. I think it'd be really, really cool and it'd be a throwback to those first celebrations that he held in June. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for this. I hope you enjoyed the celebration wrap-ups. On our next episode, we're going to be talking about that Warner Brothers release of unreleased material. I'm going to try to find out some more information for you guys. I'll be exclusive. Plus, don't know if you heard, but this week on American Idol, Sunday night, a two-hour episode, it's going to be the Prince catalog of the top seven final performers vying to be your American Idol performing. Two hours is a lot of time. Hopefully, they're going to show that nothing compares to you. 
plus the American Idol performance that Prince did, surprise appearance in 2006. Joe, remember Natalie's reaction to that one? All right, then. We'll see what goes on, and maybe uh, Katy Perry will sing a Prince song. Oh, God. Help me. All right, guys. Thank you guys again so much for subscribing on Stitcher, for subscribing on iTunes, for putting up with me. I appreciate it more than you guys will ever know. Thank you for uh, allowing me to be your voice at times. Maybe not all the time, but at times. Much love, guys. Till next time, keep it funky.